Do you not like Scarlett Johansson? I do not care for Scarlett Johansson. I don't think that she's a. I don't think she's a good actress. Have you seen Jojo Rabbit? I thought she was terrible. What? In that movie. Okay, you and yeah. I are fighting next time I see you. <laughs> I feel like the the roles have been uh, reversed in this this episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Cross-Platform Media Podcast. I'm your host, Yoakum, and joined with my awesome and wonderful co-hosts, Courtney. Hello. And Jordan Danger. How we doing? How we doing? Doing all right. How are you guys doing? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Had a pretty rough weekend. It was a holiday weekend, so understandable, but uh, not pretty good. The beginning of the week was really nice. Uh, me and Jordan went to Universal. Um, nice. That was my first. Yeah, it was my first time going. Um, so that was uh, super exciting and fun. Nice. Yeah. And uh, Jordan, hit us with that news of your week, bruh. Uh, yeah, my week was pretty good. Uh, as Courtney said, we went to Universal. That was pretty sick. Um, nice. I've negotiated. I've been spending all week negotiating a deal with the coworker for some uh, Pokemon cards that we may or may not be destroying soon. Foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, nice. other than that, it's been a pretty good week. What about you? Yeah, it's pretty good. Been busy as usual, as always. You know, um, working a full time job as a dog groomer and uh, trying to build the next media platform that's going to take the world by storm. So it's been a pretty eventful week, balancing out both things. Uh, I. Started playing a game on my phone that quickly took over my life for a few days. That was weird. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I don't even remember what I was playing. And, you know, like when you're playing a game and the ads will pop up. And, oh, you know what? I think I was playing Sudoku. And one of the ads that popped up was for this game. And it's called X2 Block on iOS. It might be on other platforms, but on iOS it's X2 Block. You've got five, I want to say five, maybe six columns, and you have blocks that are numbered, and you have to match the numbers together. So when you match a two and a two, it creates a four, and oh. so on and so forth. It's kind of like uh, like when 2048 got really big. Yeah. Like almost, oh gosh, I'm old. That was 10 years ago. <laughs> Oh boy! So, oh gosh, I think I was your guys's age when that game was like really big. Ew, oh dude. man! Oh my god! So you're old. So I was playing X Two Block, and with you can spend gems to if you run out of moves, you can use a hammer to destroy a block and help kind of like revive and like get more numbers to combine and continue on. Uh -huh. I was so addicted to this game. Like you spend gems on the hammers and you get gems as you're playing it. And then you have opportunities to like watch ads for gems. And when you get gems, you can watch an ad to multiply those gems, or you can just spend just straight up, like spend a dollar or $3 to buy gems. Yoko, can I ask you a serious question? Yes. Have you spent money on this app yet? Probably in the course of like that that week, I spent like ten bucks because I got tired of watching ads. 
Check back with us next <laughs> week, folks. I guarantee that's a hundred. No, okay. So I already like learned my lesson from this game. I can quit anytime I want, he says. <laughs> I the way the game starts out is you start at blocks two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two, sixty-four, a hundred and twenty. Uh-huh. That's where you start. And then it goes up to million and then billion and then and then the letter changes to a and then the letter changes to b again go figure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i made it to the hut so if that would be trillion i got to like the hundreds of trillion and i was like i'm i need to stop this is this is a problem i need to stop okay and so i made i made the choice i said when this board runs out that's it like i was actually planning on deleting the game oh my god and then it crashed and then it and then it crashed oh no and i lost all my progress so what i then said moving forward is instead of deleting the game because like that's where i was headed Mm -hmm. i i made the i made the choice made the decision that no more money will be spent only the in-game gems that i get mm-hmm, and i'm mm-hmm. not going to spend i'm not going to spend a few minutes at a time watching a series of ads to get all these gems okay and so now i'm just storing my gems i guess i think i'm at like six thousand gems and when i get to a number i'm comfortable with then i'll spend them to kind of try to get back to where i was yeah, before yeah but yeah so like the whole like check back for uh how much money i've spent like no that's done like the the game actually scared me gotcha. like i was <laughs> like i was talking to somebody else about it and they were like this is a problem and i'm like i know <laughs> <laughs> it's an app on my phone it's so it's cumulative progression yes okay I... so if the board that i'm working on I lose and I decide to start over. I still keep all the gems that I earned. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a weird and interesting week with, uh, yeah, getting a game on my phone to take over my life. The last game that did that was Clash Royale. Let me tell you, when I first when I first started playing Clash Royale, I think within the first like sixty days, I probably spent close to a hundred dollars. Oh my god! Yeah well keep in mind as well when i first started playing that game i was also working as a league operations for the first season of the clash royale league okay that's fair you you had skin in the game and i also like if i wanted to play with other people i needed to like skip ahead as well and so like real quickly i needed to get up to other people's speed and so like I'm like working league operations and I'm like, okay, I've, I've got to play this game more mm-hmm. so I can understand like when I'm making, cause I, I, you know, part of my job was if somebody breaks the rules or I had to like, I had to uphold the integrity of the tournament. Yeah. So I had to like be a lot more involved with the game to know like what I'm upholding. But that was years ago. Mm-hmm. So like, anyways, so yeah, that was my weird and interesting week with that game. I still recommend it to anybody who wants to play it. Just be careful, because if you're like really into numbers like that, it'll it'll suck you in. Speaking of things that suck you in, let's look at the notable news of the week. 
maybe some of these games will suck you in. That was a great segue. Oh, yeah. I'm really proud of I'm, myself. I'm proud of you too, son. Thanks, Dad. Jordan. So the first game that really stood out to you me. You can call me Dad was... anytime you want. <laughs> anytime you want. So <laughs> the game that really stood out to me that's going to be coming up it's going to be coming out on the 3rd of March. It's Babylon's Fall. So this is a hack and slash action RPG. And it'll be on the PlayStation 4 and 5. And just in time for when I get my PS4. Woo! Nice, nice. So uh, this is from the company themselves. You play alongside a group of warriors bonded with special equipment called Gideon Coffins in an odyssey to overcome the titanic Tower of Babylon. Wield unique weapons in both hands and use the power of the Gideon Coffin, allowing for combinations of up to four weapons at once. So you've got this thing called the Gideon Coffin, and that's kind of like the lore of like what gives you your abilities and, and your powers. There is like endless customization with your weapons, with your battle tactics. Like it's really, it's ballin', dude. Like wa watching the trailer of this game got me so hyped. Like I think the last time I got this excited about a game was probably Pokemon Legends Arceus. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, you guys need to check it out. It is ballin'. The art style is also really interesting uh, because it's like, it's a, it's called a brushwork style. So you're playing the game and it kind of looks like a medieval oil painting. Wait, that's pretty sick. Like, in some ways, I felt like it kind of looked a little rough. But then after looking at it more, I realized like seeing that artistic uh, choice that was made for the game, it's beautiful. So yeah, that'll be coming out on the 3rd of March for the PlayStation 4 and 5. And that's pretty much all that really stood out to me uh, this week. Uh, but I know, uh, Jordan, you got some notable news coming up, bud. Why don't you uh, hit us with that? Yeah, I guess uh, I'm pretty dry on news for the week, but... In a few days, the 25th of February, uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask is hitting the Switch um, through that like expansion pass thing they have. You know how they're putting nice. all the N64 games in yeah. there if you pay that fee. Um, this one might actually convince me to pay that fee. I'm pretty hyped to play that again. Nice. I have, I have not paid that fee yet. Yeah, I think... I think uh I don't think any of us have. I I don't know anybody that's paid it yet. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's it was like twelve games so far. Yeah, I think it's it's really low right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then just a quick note. Uh, I believe it was episode two, or maybe even episode one, where I recommended a show called Smiling Friends. Um Yeah. And I urged everyone to go throw money at it and bug Adult Swim to renew it for a second season. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it just got announced. They got renewed for a second season. And, and uh, it's all thanks to our wonderful It's listeners. all thanks to, to the two of you. Um, 
Um, but yeah, also, if you're curious and want to watch it without throwing too much money at it, you've got an HBO Max subscription. It is now streaming through that platform as well. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So. Heading into the topic of the week. So last episode, if you have not listened to that yet, I suggest go ahead and listen to it. It was a banger of an episode. I guess we talked about the games that made us the games that were formative to us growing up and inspired us and shaped us. And like I said, that conversation got deep. It got, it, it did get very deep. We like, talked about our past and our struggles and we outed courtney to her mom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... i called her immediately after you what oh oh you're dead she's so she's so mad she's oh, gonna take man. away your nintendo for a week she's gonna have to fly all the way out here for that <laughs> oh i already you're bought her but... plane ticket yeah God, we got that covered what? yeah jo- i got the plane ticket jordan got the rental car <laughs> you're screwed yeah, dude you're <laughs> You're over. So, this week we want to talk about the movies that made us. The movies that were really formative to us growing up that, in one way or another, changed us in the way that we look at movies or or take in movies. So, for me, I'm a huge musical fan. And that's something that was still is i should say very special to me that was something that uh, i did a lot with my mom with watching and listening to various musicals and the the one that really started my love of musicals for as much crap as it gets i will until the day i die stand by the opinion that it is a phenomenal show is cats mm-hmm. not the new one Though I will say, as a Cats fan, that that movie that came out with, uh, oh, just the awfulness, uh, was not ter. It wasn't as terrible as I thought uh-huh. it was going to be. So, so you you did go and see it. You were like, just I rented it. Being a fan, you had to watch it, right? Exactly, and I was expecting the biggest dumpster fire in all of musical history and instead you got just a small burning trash can yeah like the type of trash can that like hobos warm their hands over in like movies like i i hated that rebel wilson was in it because i can't stand her really i don't like looking at her i don't like i especially don't like listening to her voice interesting and i don't think she played that character well that was one of my favorites and i mean they're all my favorites let's just be honest Mm -hmm. here uh but she's like one of my lesser favorites and ruined that role for me you know i think she's pretty typecast as a as like an actress and uh like i feel like when they were making that movie they just got a bunch of celebrities that are known for being yeah. celebrities to play themselves. Yeah, like that one guy. Oh, what's his name? James uh, Corden. I it did not under like he also was one of those examples of like ruin that role mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. He had no business being in that movie. Taylor Swift had no business uh, being in that. I'm movie. I'm so glad bringing you to the dark side. I'm so happy. 
that you're like, I, i'm so glad you're like crapping on a movie with me i love it it brings joy to the burning dumpster in my heart it's just oh. but i will say one of my favorite bits or i guess songs is with the uh with the railroad cat um skimble shanks uh they did that like that song beautifully mm. i did a great job so like no complaints there but what i grew up watching with cats was in the 90s they made a movie and it was pretty much a stage production Mm -hmm. but it was like a closed stage production so there wasn't an audience or anything like that so it was all the actors in makeup and costume on like a stage set and everything like you would see when you go and see it live just without the audience Mm -hmm. and I watched that thing so many times and I mean, gosh, I w- it would be amazing to see like the quality of that, of that VHS now uh-huh. with how many times we watched it. Quick sidebar. I'm so sorry. Um, no, I, totally. I do. I, so I'm very interested. I might go back and watch that because I am also a musical fan. And I hate when there's movie adaptations that try too hard to make it its own thing. Um, Yeah. Like, you know, when like, um, like Tick, Tick, Boom just came out, the Jonathan Larson musical, Um, they rearranged it. They cut a bunch of songs. Uh, One of like literally the, the second to last song in the play that you know like summarizes the whole you know, like the epitome of what the main character is was moved yeah. to like the beginning like the first act of the movie Weird. so it like doesn't have that like final moment of like the character accepting who he is um uh like it's supposed to be like a crescendo but yet they use it as an opening. yeah like for instance like yeah, the song the song is about like he he's accepting that like he's a failure or you know in his eyes he's a failure but he's living the life that he enjoys. Yeah. That's a big moment. That's the end of the character's arc and they put it at the beginning of the movie and it it just killed me. Um I hate it. But I'm 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 very interested to see that the cats like you said it was just a stage production but closed. I'm interested it's it's so faithful and there's some stuff that they removed because you know they didn't want to you know they didn't put the entire show so like um but that's okay that they left out the song that they yeah, left out. yeah and they even left it out in the modern movie of it too so that was really like upset about that but anyways um but i get what you're saying about like when they try to like make their own thing because like take rent for example that was a that was a pretty true to the musical movie. Yeah. You know, yeah, they had a couple of things they left out and that's totally fine, but mm-hmm. it was all in the right order. It wasn't it wasn't trying to be its own thing. Yeah. It was trying to be a movie adaptation of the musical. And they did a great job. Yeah. Like that's one of my favorite musicals and they did a great job. It's a good one. It's a good one. Also Jonathan Larson exactly yeah 
so the next one that really uh, stood out to me growing up, I think I was probably about 12 or 13 when I saw this, was Pan's Labyrinth. That's a goodie. So my film teacher in middle school, I had the poster and I asked him about it. I was like, oh, what is that about? He told me about it. And uh, I used to have, do you guys know, do you guys, I don't know if they're still in business, but the Big Brother Big Sister Foundation. I haven't heard about them in about a decade, but I, I know of them. Okay. So I used to have a big brother from that company. Okay. And um, I was talking to him about Pan's Labyrinth. And it just so happened that a theater nearby us was showing it. Oh, wow. And so he took me to go and see it. And so in the course of like, I don't know, a couple of weeks, I learn about the movie and I'm going to see it. It completely opened my eyes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I remember going to my film teacher after and like, telling him that I saw it, talking to him about the movie, and then asking him, like, other recommendations of other films. And to this day, I am very intrigued. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, and so that was definitely my first true experience of a film that's not, I mean, for one, not in English. Yeah. You know? Um, and then lastly, uh, this one I saw recently, and I'm still considering it formative, uh, and it's Twelve Angry Men. Mm -hmm. So they did a they did a play of it. Um, so I watched it. Uh, I want to say winter of 2020. I was at Buddy's house, who's a video editor, and I asked him to put together a list of films that I should watch. And so he did. And he even labeled where in his apartment those movies are. That's amazing. So I knew exactly where to find it. And he has the Criterion collection of 12 Angry Men. Okay. And so I watched that. And what really what really got me is I haven't seen a, a lot of older films. Mm -hmm. Like for the most part, like as far back as I went in films was probably like seventies or eighties. Okay. Okay. And so to watch this film, I want to say came out in the fifties. Um, I believe it was the fifties. Um, it really encouraged me to go and watch more older films. Like right after I watched this one, I think the next day it was Christmas Eve. And so I watched it's a wonderful life. That's so that's so beautiful. It is. I now it, it instantly became a tradition for me. And so now I mean I've watched it twice because it was only two years ago when I saw it for the first time, but this past Christmas Eve, I watched It's a Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is something I'm gonna continue to do on Christmas Eve is watch It's a Wonderful Life. So Twelve Angry Men, for those of you real quickly that haven't seen it. I think by today's standards, it would be considered to some people a boring movie because your cast is practically a dozen people and it takes place in one room and they are a jury on uh, on a court case and they have to find this 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 young man guilty or innocent of murder. Well, 
what I loved about the film is it showed the complexities as well as the kind of the drawbacks of our judicial system. Okay. You know, so it's, it starts out with 11 of the 12 saying guilty. Let's, let's get out of here. But one guy is like, no, 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 no. I think he's innocent. And then the whole movie is pretty much this one guy trying to turn around the entire room to say that this person is innocent. And when I say the drawbacks, like during the film, like there's definitely a racial bias to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like the person I committed the crime is a Hispanic person. Okay. And they were like, well, why do we care? Let's just, let's just send him to jail. And it's like, whoa, 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 hold on there. Like, let, let's, let's hear him out. Let's see. And it's, it's such a phenomenal film. And so that movie really got me looking at older films. And I've grown over the last couple of years, such an appreciation for very old films. Yeah. Um, and that's, that, that's amazing. Cause I feel like a lot of people kind of cap themselves at like the eighties. Right. Um, I feel like even with like the cheesiness, that's, that's where people end. Um, yeah. Like, you know, people are like, Oh, the Goonies, you know, the, you know <laughs> I, I don't like I love the Goonies. Yeah. No, no one, no one really goes back before that. I mean, taking of right. Helen one, two, three, or, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to kill a mockingbird. I don't think anyone watches that outside of high school. Um, exactly. But it's, it's so glad. I'm so glad to hear you that you're, uh, you're finding life in older movies. Oh, absolutely. Like I watched uh, nightmare alley a few weeks ago, the original nightmare alley from the forties. Uh-huh. And then I tried watching. So I watched that one and then I discovered that the new one was coming out and I am so glad that it was on Hulu and I didn't have to go to the theater to watch it. Okay. I, probably i i, I want to say i got to like 56 minutes of the movie and i was done really i i'm sure the movie is great if i didn't see the original first i'm sure i would love it wow okay so i loved this movie yeah because you didn't see the original future podcast episode we will be discussing the differences between the original and the new yeah don't worry awesome um Courtney, now that we're done with our uh, tangent here and all of that greatness, uh, yeah, Courtney, what was your uh, what are what are some of the movies that were more formative to you? Okay, the first one I'll start off with it's a it's a newer film. Well, not really newer, but Big Hero Six. Yep, had like a really big impact on me. Like, I I like Disney. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. like. A lot of Disney didn't really catch my attention, but like with the movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, like I like them. I, pretty much everyone likes Disney movies, but with this one, I don't know what happened there, but I just fell in love with this movie before it was even out. Like I watched one trailer, and I was like, "This is it! I want to see this movie." I'm refusing to watch any more trailers. Like I refuse to watch all the trailers except for the one that. Uh, the first trailer. Right. And I was like, all my friends that I went to go see and everything, I was like, no spoilers, no spoilers. 
until I went to go see it. Like, I don't know. I don't know why. It's just this uh-huh. one just had like a really big impact on me for whatever reason. It's nice. just, yeah, it's just, it sticks with me. I love it so much. There's no real reason like to it, but yeah. it's just, I just had to bring it up. It's just Big Hero 6. It's like, that one just stuck with me. Yeah, it's kind of like a, you like, you know when you know type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, okay. Uh, next one uh, is Grave of the Fireflies. It is a Studio Ghibli uh, movie. Okay. I honestly, I've never even heard of this Studio Ghibli movie until uh-huh. me and Jordan uh, bought this. Uh, so over at our movie theater, um, what was it? Uh, they sell um, these passes, these movie passes for Studio Ghibli events. And they play a bunch of Studio Ghibli movies. So nice. we bought that, and one of them was Grave of the Fireflies. So I was like, oh, I've never heard of this one, this, that, yeah. and other. And we're like, oh, we'll go see it, obviously. Um, so basically, um, it's about um, these two young kids uh, in Japan, living in Japan during World War II. So I'll just read like a quick uh, like little summary of it so you guys can just like get the gist of it. Awesome. Um, this animated tale follows uh, Saita a teenager charged with the care of his younger sister um, after an American fire bombing during World War II uh-huh. separates the two from their parents. The siblings rely completely on each other and struggle against all odds to stay together and stay alive. Basically, I didn't know what I was getting to, into with this movie. You can ask Jordan for yeah. five seconds. I was bawling my fucking eyes out. <laughs> I mean, sidebar, once again, I hate to do it, but I love to do it. Mm-hmm. This was, you know, Courtney and I were early on in our in our relationship. I thought this was going to be a fun date night, lighthearted Studio Ghibli. Let's get in there. This movie is a straight up Greek tragedy. Yeah. It's like, oh. like, like she said, she was crying within the first five you know, like minutes. Mm-hmm. So I ruined that day by not doing my research. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But I don't know. I just uh, I, I the, that movie just really touched me. Um, yeah. With all of that, with what the siblings went through, like there's so many times in that movie that just made me cry. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm an emotional person, so it's like that got me pretty hard. And yeah. it's just like seeing how um what was it uh what the kids went through and how they were treated back then like how the kids had to like really get through things i was just uh, make your eyes like open up as like the struggles like they went through and all that stuff and it's kind of like to me it reminded me of my grandma because my grandma's japanese and she was born and raised out in japan all that stuff before she moved out here to the u.s and it's just like just i don't know it's just like dang i was like what if my grandma was like going through all that like not going through like the stuff of world war Two, but like just like the things that she had to go through like out there in japan with like the wars and stuff because that's mm-hmm. how um my grandma and my grandpa met was like through the war and stuff wow. and my uh what was it my grandma she came from what was it the uh down south of japan she okay. she was like 
what she was like a farmer she was something from a farmer's family basically so very very poor and had to like grow everything and all that stuff so to me it just kind of like it just like opened up my eyes a little bit it just like resonated like yeah that's amazing like it, it hit a lot more home for you yeah the, this is the first time i'm hearing that and it's been three years since we saw that movie yeah. wow that's crazy yeah and it's like um even my dad like i don't know too much about my grandma's side of yeah. the family only my dad really knows uh like i only really talk to my dad a little bit like um we don't have a bad relationship or anything we have a really good right. relationship it's just like um sometimes when i'm just hanging out with my dad or something it'll just be random he'll bring up stuff about my uh my grandma and tell me new things about her or things i didn't know about and it just kind of it just hits really hard i'm just like wow that's crazy um one more side thing before i move on to yeah. the next movie um there was one time i was sitting out with my dad in the garage that's my dad's hangout it was the garage watching tv and he <laughs> yes his blanket <laughs> every single night you can even ask jordan um but he i don't remember what got us onto it oh we were watching this one movie it's like uh, i don't remember what the movie was called but it was like something with like the japanese and like some kind of war or something but um he brought up something about my grandma and then he's like oh i have your grandma's umbrella like those really nice like paper bamboo wooden umbrellas yeah and he pulled it out and i was like oh my gosh this thing looks brand new like i was scared to hold this thing i was like yeah. oh my gosh it was insane i have it here in my room he's like here you can have it and i'm like wow i was like oh my gosh but yeah like anything with my anything's uh with my grandma like that my dad gives me i like treasure and i keep in safe places and mm -hmm. it's just it's insane it's just like that movie just really touched me with that basically oh, that's so cool yeah so well continuing on for this next movie um this one's touched me um pretty deeply and then this one's probably touched you guys pretty deeply as well um it is uh, the first Pokemon movie. Um, yeah. Um, I have very clear memories of when I first saw this movie. And I was just like, yeah, like for a kid, that, that, I, everyone knows what scene I'm talking about with Ash and Pikachu. Now oh. one scene in the, in the stadium. Yeah. I was, I was bawling my eyes out as a kid. I, I was like, I knew it was happening. I was like, for a kid, I was like, I didn't even know, like, I could understand this. And this is a Pokemon movie. It, it mm -hmm. touched me. And that one just, like, carries on in my heart forever. And this is, that one really just touches me for uh, forever. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's incredible. I, I also remember uh, seeing that movie on the big screen. It was so... It was just so, like, incredible. Yeah. You know? And then there's always, you know, there's that, there, there's always that, like, that big quote mm -hmm. from uh, Mewtwo. 
where he says, I see now the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. Yes. It's what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. Like, mm-hmm. damn, Gandhi son. didn't say that. <laughs> Confucius didn't say that. Like, that My was boy, Mewtwo. Mewtwo. Yeah, that was Mewtwo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I can watch that movie so many times and just still ball my eyes out like every single time no matter how many times i've seen it yep it still hits home absolutely and uh jordan what about you bud um so i don't know if the movies i i'm i'm discussing right now are really like formative but they're definitely like really nostalgic pieces for me like yeah let me just jump right in, I guess. Uh, the first it. one, the first one I'm gonna bring up is Little Shop of Horrors. It's um, yes, <laughs> it's it's a movie from the '80s that was adapted from a Broadway play, which was itself adapted from another movie, uh, way back in the day. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, and it it originally wasn't a musical either. The play was adapted from from a like a straight up like drama as a comedy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. So for the listener, if you don't know what this movie is, uh, um, the main character is kind of like a down on his luck, uh, botanist. He works at like a flower store. He yeah. lives on a place that they literally call Skid Row in the movie, uh, and one day he finds this this plant that piques his interest and he takes it back and then starts realizing over the course of the movie that it feeds on human blood <laughs> uh so the whole musical is about how he's it's 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 a it's a moral quandary where uh he decide he has to decide within himself um whether it's okay to be like feeding people to the plant for his own success and uh for the success of his his co-workers and stuff like that right Um, but it's it's a really fun musical but um the reason i chose this one is just because it's so it stands out in my mind so much i remember sitting with my grandfather watching this movie i can i can like remember the feeling of the texture on the couch that i sat on in his house wow. you know i i i remember the cigarette smoke <laughs> blowing in my <laughs> face um you know it's and it it really makes me nostalgic for a time when like i was in elementary school and i would get like a day off and my dad would just drive me down and i would just hang out with my grandfather all day and watch these movies uh which i think leads me into my next movie which would generally be on the docket when I went to his house as well. Labyrinth. Um, not Pan's Labyrinth, mind you. Still have not seen it. Really? It's worth I've a been, watch. I've heard such great things about it, and I, I still mean, haven't seen it. Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> I, I, I've, <laughs> I know a lot of people who have never seen it that go back to it now, and like, it just doesn't connect. I think okay. I think that movie's a nostalgia piece for a lot of people. Um once again, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people know what it is, but for those who don't, um 
there's a girl who's babysitting her brother. She wishes the Goblin King would come take him away. Um, <laughs> kind of like sarcastically. And then that's when the movie starts, when a real Goblin King shows up and takes her brother away. And she goes into this dream world where she has to go save her little brother um, from the Goblin King, played by David Bowie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a great movie. I, I will say, um, when me and Jordan went to go uh, see this movie, he he was like, oh, you would you want to go see this movie with me? He's like, unsure if I'm like willing to go see it. Because this is when we were, like, first started dating, I believe. I don't really remember. Yeah, it was early on. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, why not? Because um, I've heard, like, really good things about it. Um, when we first sat down in the theater, like, obviously there wasn't really much people, but, like, that for what was it the intro uh not the intro like just like the um what's it called jordan like the opening credits no so it was you know it was a special screening in theaters and jim henson had a big part in the you know he did i mean his company did all the the puppeteer work for the movie right um so when they screened the movie they also played beforehand like a 30 minute short film that jim henson did with yeah oh cool yeah it was cool but like for me it was like a really big when is this movie starting because i really wanted to see this movie and now Ah. there's this like 30 minute like thing that i don't even know what i'm watching kind of thing Mm -hmm. so i was like oh whatever i was like and i remember asking jordan like several times like is this part of the movie but i was like is is the movie gonna start soon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Other than that, um, I was I was pretty much enjoying the movie, and then this this kid. I'm so sad. He he's 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 famous for falling asleep during movies in a theater. He falls asleep. I'm like, I've okay, done it whatever. Like four times. I'm just like, how? It's just I'm just like, okay, whatever. He falls asleep. And then we get past this one part. I'm like, okay, I really enjoyed this one scene. And then he wakes up. And he's mad. Because it was like his favorite scene of the movie. (laughs) And I didn't know. (laughs) For the listener that's familiar with the movie, it's the chilly down scene where the the weird monsters are swapping heads and uh, chasing Sarah out out of the forest. That was a collection of words. Yeah, it's yeah. an odd movie. <laughs> <laughs> but he was just um, so mad that he missed. Didn't that they just he... recently do something special with that movie, or like they're planning a sequel or something like that? Or they like they were. I think they were announcing a straight up sequel, but I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's gotten off the ground. Okay. Um, I think uh, just to just to wrap up my uh, my section here, I'll sidebar one more time. Um. I don't know, man. I think movies are movies are really important to me. Um, Absolutely. I think uh, somewhere deep in my mind, I've I've connected movies to like happy moments where like families weren't arguing, and you know I could forget about yeah. things for for two hours for for ninety minutes. Um, yep. And I, you know, and to this day, you know, when when I'm bummed out, when I'm having a bad day. I'll turn on a movie, and that—that's like my go-to yeah. therapy. Ask Courtney. I'm—I'm I'm at those movie. I'm at the movie theater 
as often as I possibly can be. Uh, you know, like alone yeah. if I have to be, just because. I don't know. It's like a. It's like therapy. Yeah, you know, and I and I think that's one of the most incredible things about movies in what they provide for us, because it can be I'm going to escape for two hours or. Like Courtney, for example, with, you know, Grave of the Fireflies and. How you connected to that with your family history and Jordan with you know, the memories that little shop of horrors brings back to you with your grandfather, mm -hmm. you know, and me, when I, when I see cats and the memories that I had with my mom in watching that movie and, and singing those songs and just seeing, you know, cause that was her favorite musical. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we plug into those movies for that, for that time frame, all that exists is that movie and those memories and i think it's absolutely beautiful to you awesome listeners you know tweet at us on on twitter at cross platform co let us know some of the movies that were really formative to you and the, and the movies that really mean a lot to and yokum and i will take and... turns shitting on them <laughs> and <laughs> and or even reach out to us on Instagram and let us know uh, those movies as well. So, I think these are such wonderful films that we shared, even Cats. And I think let's go ahead and uh, put a nice neat bow like you would see on top of a, a car uh, and get into our recommendations here. Let's do it. So this week, I'm going to recommend a podcast that I've been listening to. Super easy listening. There's an episode every day. They're about five, six minutes long. And it's called OKOP. It's a podcast of two guys, and they read stories from Reddit. And joke on them. Talk about them. And there's, I mean, it's from so many different uh, subreddits. Though it's it's really funny because they really discuss the story. So one of the subreddits that they will read to from most commonly is r slash a i t a am I the a hole? Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, and like they'll go back and forth and be like, "What do you think? Is op the a hole?" And you're like. Yeah, I think OP's the a-hole on this one. You know, the other host be like, well, well, let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt here. Let's just see. And like one of the stories that I listened to, and it was from R slash Petty Revenge. Mm -hmm. This guy just suspected that so his mom died, and his dad ended up getting with the nurse that was taking care of mom dad died shortly after and he just suspected that the nurse poisoned the father to get his money and this whole thing started going down and he just wrecked her life it was so petty and they were like like in the middle of the podcast they were like is this from r slash am i the a-hole they're like no this is petty revenge and he goes yeah because op's the a-hole here <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, that's OKOP. Uh, awesome, fun podcast. Like I said, they're only like five or six minutes long. Uh, super easy listening. They have an episode out every day. That's awesome. So uh, yeah, Courtney, what are you uh, recommending for us mm. this week? I am <laughs> what I've been recommending for like the past uh, few weeks now. Um, obviously a webtoon. <laughs> yes. Um, this one is called Lore Olympus. Um, it's okay. about like the Greek gods and all that stuff. Ooh. Yeah. Um, if this one's probably like one of my favorite ones out of all the webtoons. Um, mm-hmm. I'll read a short summary. Um, this one's a. Uh, it says, "Uh, witness what the gods do." After dark, the friendships and lies, the gossip and the wild parties, and of course, forbidden love, because is, because it turns out the gods aren't so different from us after all, especially when it comes to their own problems. The main character's name is uh, Persephone. Um, uh huh. And it just like, it the story just follows her around and what she goes through and all this stuff, and it also brings in the other gods, uh, too. So it's just not just focused on her. Nice. So this is what I really like. It brings in all the other gods and just like their backgrounds and their stories. And um, just, yeah. I, I was just like, it's funny because like, I was never really interested in like the Greek gods and all that stuff. Yeah, I've heard of them um, a lot. But it's just like, yeah. when I saw this webtoon comic, I was like, oh, okay, let me see what this is about. Because it's interesting for a webtoon comic. And this comic is like as much as I really like it. There, there are a lot of people that dislike it a lot because it's not true to the Greek gods and like the stories or whatever. Uh, it's like yeah. it is, but it isn't. But I wouldn't know. So yeah. if anyone knows a lot about them and you're reading this, then you would obviously know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like you with the webtoons that you've been recommending like yeah they've been sounding really cool but it's not like webtoons not necessarily my thing Mm -hmm. this is the first one that seems really interesting to me to like go and look it up and 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 check it out like that sounds really cool especially considering i just watched not too long ago watch record of ragnarok like that's like right up the my alley of interest Mm -hmm. right now Uh, the other thing that i really like about this comic too is the art style of it Okay. The art style is very unique and I love it very much. Like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I was like, I'm not too sure if this is like going to keep my attention, but it does. And it's, it's really good. Cool, cool. And uh, Jordan, what are you throwing at us this week? This week, I'm throwing at you a movie. Uh, it was a straight to Netflix movie, I believe, in 2016. Um, okay. Called a futile and stupid gesture. Um, okay. It is a biopic about Doug Kenny, the one of the co-founders of the National Lampoon. Um, nice. And the the movie just follows his uh, I guess his his life through building up the company and you know, changing comedy forever. Uh, you know, simple stuff like that. But um. Mm-hmm. I think the movie does a great job of showing the amount of stress and pressure that can be put on a person when they're at that level of success, you know? Um, It also plays with, like, the duality of, uh, you know, the comedian, right? The the sad clown, you know? Um, 
yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole movie shows that, you know, this guy that changed comedy forever was also massively depressed and had had wow. lots of trouble throughout his life. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I hope that uh, someday I'll be talented enough to justify the massive amount of depression. But uh, until then, watch a stupid and futile gesture. I like it. It's a fun movie. That's awesome. Well, do some pretty solid recommendations this week. I'm really happy. I'm definitely going to check out both of those. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cross Platform Media Podcast. Tweet at us at Cross Platform Co. Or send us something on Instagram at Cross Platform Media. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, whether you're on SoundCloud or iTunes. And I, some point, we will get onto Google and Spotify. But until then, this is where you guys can find us. Make sure to stay tuned. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Cross Platform Media. We got some uh, stuff in the wings here that'll be coming out at you guys real soon. And speaking of real soon, we will see you guys real soon. Bye. Bye. You know I'm using that music, right? <laughs> yes, oh, do it. Uh, <laughs> yes, expose you your wanted, turn You now. wanted music. You wanted it. It's just going to be that looped for an hour. <laughs> <laughs>